Before diving into today's episode, did you know that this podcast has a supporters club? By becoming a member, you not only gain access to exclusive content, but also play a crucial role in supporting your favorite podcast. See the link in the episode description to find out more. Now, let's get back to the episode. You have all been waiting patiently, and I hear you now, for it is time to begin again. Welcome to the J-Man Show, here on J360 Radio. How's it going, J360 Legion? How are you all doing today? Welcome to the J-Man Show for episode 174. I'm your host, J-Man, of course. And, uh, yes, I know you're not afraid of anything, right? I mean, we're still knee-deep in the Monster Fest. The Monster Fest storm hasn't left us behind yet. I mean, it has been kind of quiet since I watched the movies. I guess because of the sound system. But, you know, it is what it is. And let me tell you this, right? What is it, the new schedule? Yes, I know that things are usually on Wednesdays, but we're doing Thursdays because I really need to extend that maintenance for the website. And believe it or not, it's taking shape and form. I managed to get all the Jams episodes on there, managed to get all the mini bites on there, and I'm still working with the J-Man show, apparently, because the first season said, you know what, F you, pal. We're not going on there yet. But you know what? Whatever. <laughs> It'll be all done before you know it. And speaking of which... We're going to do things a little differently for this episode. You know, usually we'll talk about the movies that went on to the Monster Fest, and we'll talk about some haunted areas. But I figure, you know, it's time that we did something a little different on the show, such as gave you some scary stories to listen to. And you see, I've been reading uh, quite a bit of books in addition to watching some of the movies around here. And I can take a few excerpts from said books to go ahead and throw them your way, especially if the story's short or long. And not only that, I hope it doesn't... Eh, what the hell, you're grown, right? There's no little children out there whose parents are going to be like, J-Man, you scared my children! And it's like, no, I didn't. You're a bad parent. Okay, okay, okay. Before we get knee-deep into that craziness, um, one way or another, I just want to say this. I am not responsible for if they stay up late at night or if they ask for another helping of, you know, ice cream sandwiches or whatever. One way or another, I'm not liable. Clearly, because at the end of the day, I'm quite insane. You've seen my uh, record, haven't you? Okay, now, let's go ahead and get you guys started with a few things here. These are some excerpts from a book called Urban Legends, Bizarre Tales You Won't Believe, written by James Proud. I'll go ahead and I'll throw a link to every book that you can go ahead and get your fix on, you know, believe it or not. So we'll go ahead and we'll listen to this one. This one's called The Man with Two Faces. 
A disturbing video once made the rounds on the internet. In the clip, doctors are treating a hideously deformed man who has what appears to be a second face on the back of his head, complete with a mouth which opens in tandem with the other, tongue, teeth, and other crude facial features. It was said that the man was Chang Shouping, who lived as a hermit in a remote Chinese village. Too terrified to show his face to the world, the local children would jeer and throw rocks when he left his house. In the 1970s, he was discovered by a troop of American soldiers who rescued him from his tormentors and took him back to the States, where his second face was removed in a 12-hour operation as part of a diplomatic deal. It is speculated that his case may have been an example of fetus in fetu, an extremely rare condition occurring in multiple pregnancies when one embryo becomes stuck inside of the other and grows inside of its twin. Have you guys ever heard of that scenario? I mean, think about it, right? You could just be growing and minding your own business, but it turns out that you were actually in somebody else's space, and they're slowly but surely either growing in your head or in your spine or, God forbid, your ass. That's pretty damn disgusting, if you will. And one way or another, for those of you walking around, your face is not a vertical smile back there, but it turns out to be the face of your sibling as you're... Never mind, never mind. <laughs> I'm trying not to be too nasty, but you know, even when I'm clean, I'm filthy. Now, for those of you out there that love um, jazz hits or, you know, funk music, well, here's something that's um, probably interesting to you. This one is called Love Roller Coaster. Now, some of y'all remember that song by the Ohio Players, right? It goes, Roller Coaster, I love. Oh, I say what? Roller Coaster, ooh, 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 ooh. Yeah, you, look, I'm not much of a singer, so work with me. But, get this, okay? According to the book, in 1975, the Ohio Players released Love Roller Coaster, a funk track that would later be covered by the Real Hot Chili Peppers. If you listen closely to the end of the first verse, you'll hear a strange high-pitched noise in the background that doesn't fit with the rest of the music. It sounds eerily like the blood-curdling scream of a terrified woman. Fans speculated for years over what was behind the noise, and many thinks it's the sound of a genuine murder. Some say a terrible crime occurred in the studio when the band were recording the song, whereas others claim that it was inserted by a sound engineer at a later stage as a sick joke. Another version of events is inspired by the album cover, which features erotic images of a woman covered in what appears to be honey, but is actually hot wax or plastic. Many suspect that the cry was in fact the model screaming in pain as the substance was removed. The band would not comment on the noise when journalists brought up the subject. Yo. That's pretty weird. Matter of fact, let me take a look at the... Yeah, the album cover is interesting, huh? Yeah, you know, um... Hmm. I really don't know. That's, that's actually pretty interesting that that went down like that. I'm sure, like, a lot of things go on in different studios. Like, most of the time, I'm hanging around in my own studio, so I really don't know. So the most that would probably be infected would be, like, you know, or do anything crazy would be my, me and my teammates. But uh, we haven't done anything that severe yet, so 
I don't know. That's, that's, that's pretty interesting. I mean, there's lots of songs that have, like, different stings or whatnot. I know, like, for a long time, people keep thinking that the real Paul McCartney we see is not necessarily the real Paul McCartney. It's, like, some fake that they found, whereas the real Paul McCartney was, like, killed off in some sort of accident. And there's been many whispers and words about it because if you listen to some Beatles songs backwards, they have, like, hidden messages in them. So... I don't know. There's a lot, lot of crazy stuff to that. It makes you wonder. Okay, well, here we go. Let's get into the mood for it. Now, this story is called Where's My Liver? Bobby had been told by his mother to go to the shops and pick up a packet of fresh liver from the butchers. His grandfather was coming for dinner, and liver and onions was his favorite dish. Bobby hated liver, and he hated going to the butchers, but he did as he was told and set off to the shops. He's a good boy. On the way, he met a friend who invited him to play a new computer game at his house with some other mates. Bobby wanted to explain that he was running an errand for his mother, but he was too embarrassed, so he accepted. After all, it wouldn't take long. And when he checked the time, he realized that it was dark and all the shops would probably shut. He shot out of the house and ran down the road to the butcher's, which was indeed closed. He was wondering what he would say to his mother when he saw an old man rummaging around in the bins to the rear of the shop. And he looked like a tramp, with greasy gray hair plastered over his dirty skin. Next to him was a supermarket trolley filled with filthy bags. The man saw him, and though Bobby wanted to run away, he was curious, so he asked the man what he was looking for. I've been getting myself some meat, he told the boy, evidently pleased with himself. They throw out perfectly good stuff here every day, he added, pointing at the bins. Bobby saw he had filled his trolley with lumps of meat wrapped in paper, and on top of it was a fat calf's liver. Before the old man could react, he grabbed it and ran home as fast as he could. All the way down the street, Bobby could hear the trolley squeaking after him, but there was no way an old man like that could keep up with a young boy. Or so he thought. The liver went down a treat, and Bobby's grandfather said it was the best he has eaten for as long as he could remember. The boy was allowed to stay up late that night as a reward, and he played computer games downstairs until the small hours, pleased with his actions. As he was walking upstairs to his bed, he heard a noise outside the front door. So he looked out of the window, but there was nothing there. Then came a squeaking sound, unmistakably the noise of an old supermarket trolley. Still, he could see nothing. But the noise grew louder, and when the trolley came into view, Bobby ran upstairs in terror and hid under the blankets. He dared to look out of the window to see if the old man was there, and eventually he fell asleep. He was woken later by a knock on his bedroom door, followed by silence. A voice hissed, Where's my liver? Then again, louder, Where's my liver, boy? Bobby was frozen to the spot, and although he tried to scream, no noise came out. The door handle turned, and the old man from the butcher stood in the doorway, smiling in the darkness, and he was flashing a meat cleaver. Where's my liver? <laughs> you okay? You should be. Alright, this one is called The Bridge. You know, there's always something with a bridge in there. Alright, well, let's see what it's all about. There's a bridge in Wales where thrill-seeking teenagers go on Halloween. It's a pretty little humpback stone bridge spanning a rocky river that flows down from the mountains, but it has a sinister past. Many years ago, there was a young woman, an only child, who lived in a manor house up the valley. She was smart and headstrong and refused to marry the men that her father found for her, so he kept her locked away, waiting for her to agree to do his bidding. One day, a relative visited in a brand new motor car. 
a rare machine at the time in that part of the country. Her father had let his daughter out of her room for the occasion, so she took one opportunity to escape. When her father wasn't looking, the girl leapt into the driver's seat and sped off down the valley. She flew down the hill towards the river, enjoying a blissful minute of freedom, before she realized that she didn't know how to stop the vehicle, and she plunged straight off the bridge onto the rocks below. Now, many years later, it's said that she haunts the bridge. If you flash your headlights as you're driving over it, your car will stall. If you're lucky, it will start again in a few moments, and you can be on your way. But if you're not, you will hear the little girl knocking on the window. If you don't open a door to let the girl in, you will die in a car accident within a week. The girl never managed to escape over the bridge, and she won't let you escape either. Alright, here you go. Don't play the lottery. The police department of a small town in Australia put out an online message warning residents about an unknown man who was suspected of killing one homeowner, seriously wounding another, and trespassing on several other people's property. He was dubbed the lottery killer because of his particular method of approaching his targets and murdering them. The first thing the victim would notice was a figure with his face obscured, standing somewhere where he could clearly be seen late at night. He would pick houses with glass doors or large windows overlooking the street, which he would stand in front of, silhouetted against the street lights and waiting to be noticed by the occupants, sometimes for several hours. Then he would knock 13 times at the door and wait for a response. If spoken to, he wouldn't respond, but if the door was open, he would attack viciously and indiscriminately with a large knife, murdering people in their own home. A bloody lottery ticket was left on the bodies. <laughs> Y'all still good? Okay. This one is called Behind the Mask. A child in Japan was walking home from school one evening. The friends who usually walk with her had already gone home, but she was only one street away from her house. She saw a young woman walking towards her wearing a surgical mask like those that many Japanese people use to protect themselves from smog and disease. Kind of like how we have to wear a mask now. She stopped in front of the child and leaned down towards her. The child was not worried as she seemed friendly enough. Where are you going? The woman asked. I'm going home from school. My house is just down the road there. Do you think I'm beautiful? Came the unexpected question. The girl politely, if concerned, said yes. Then the woman, as she removed the mask, How about now? And revealed a horrifying wound that slashed her mouth from ear to ear. She bent down to the frightened girl and asked again through her mutilated lips, How about now? The girl was horrified by her appearance, but she had been brought up to be always polite, so she told her that she still looked beautiful, and then the terrifying figure disappeared. The next day at school, the girl told her friends what she had seen, and they immediately recognized the story. They told her that the woman had appeared to so many girls over the year, but not all of them had been so lucky. If she hadn't said the right thing, the woman would have cut the same terrible smile into the girl's own face with a pair of scissors and condemned her to roam the streets in a mask. The shot girl did not walk home alone again for a very long time. Alright, and you know, some of y'all probably would know this one. This one's kind of a classic. But you know, it just wouldn't be the Monster Fest if we didn't admit it. Now, some of y'all might know this one. So I won't say the title of it. But we're going to go ahead and get into it. 
Student halls of residence are strange places. You never know who or what you might find in your room. You don't really know the people you're suddenly living with, but everyone wants to make friends. They're always inviting themselves around, and there's no real privacy. One Friday night at a university in England, first-year student Jenny was getting excited about a freshers' event that was taking place that evening. She was trying to persuade Emily, her new roommate, to come along, but the latter didn't feel like partying. So eventually, Jenny left her there and went to the party alone. Later that evening, she came back to her room to get something, leaving the light off as to not wake Emily before returning to the event. When Jenny awoke the late the next morning, she didn't remember much about getting home. But as she rolled out of bed, she saw that Emily was still in bed. That wasn't like her at all. But then she saw blood on the sheets. Emily was dead, her throat cut. And above her on the wall, scrawled in blood, were the words, Aren't you glad you didn't turn on the light? <laughs> you are browsing on your computer one evening. You're supposed to be working on a project, but instead you're trawling through social media posts. Suddenly a pop-up window appears with a cryptic question, Do you like? You assume it's an advert and close the window. You try to get back to what you were doing, but the same question keeps popping up. Then you hear a child's voice saying, Do you like? Thinking it must be some kind of computer virus, and as the voice becomes more and more insistent and aggressive, you try to ignore it. Then the screen turns red, and the same pop-up window asks you again, Do you like the red one? Then you remember you heard of this happening to other people, and the memory makes your blood run cold. A list of names appear on the screen, a list of victims, all of whom were found in a room painted red with their own blood. You're scared, but you can't help but click through it. The last name is yours, and you hear a noise behind it. Damn, that was weird. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, let's go on ahead and take a look at another book, though, because, you know, I don't want to go too crazy with just one book. I got a lot of these things to throw at you. So, well, actually, no, 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 no. Let's go ahead and give you guys one more from this, and then there's another book I got to share with you. This one's called Date Night. One summer evening, a teenage girl who lived in a remote English village was picked up by a boy for their second date. They were driving through the countryside when he mentioned that they were running out of petrol and therefore might not make it home. She thought he was joking, but she didn't find it particularly funny, especially when the car sputtered to a halt under an old oak tree. They really had run out of fuel. They both glanced at their mobile phones, but neither could get a signal in such an isolated spot. Fancy how that always happens. Meanwhile, maybe we just have to stay here till morning, he suggested. This did not go down well with his date, so he told her to stay in the car and lock the door while he went go looking for help. The village was only a few miles back, and there was an old-fashioned phone box there if his phone still didn't work. The girl was understandably angry at her useless date for managing to run out of fuel and leaving her stranded in the middle of nowhere, but she settled down to wait on his return. And, but it was too quiet for her liking, with the only sound being the wind, so she turned on the radio to keep her company. A news bulletin was being read out, but the, but the reception was so terrible that she put on a CD instead. People still use those. An hour passed, and then two. And then she started to get worried, wondering if he abandoned her. Maybe he had been hit by a car on the dark country roads. She had heard of such accidents happening before. Then the car battery died and the music stopped. And she cursed and slammed the dashboard. Suddenly she heard a thump, followed by scratching or tapping on the roof of the car. She told herself that it was probably a tree branch. It was a windy night, but it was a loud noise, so she kept still and didn't make any sounds. 
The noise continued and her imagination began to play tricks on her. Was someone out there? Her fear continued to grow, but she didn't dare open the door to the escape. Just when she couldn't bear it any longer, flashing blue lights lit up the car and she breathed a sigh of relief, thinking her date must have come back with some help. The car stopped and the policeman walked slowly towards her, but there was no sign of the boy. The police officer shined his torch through the window and beckoned her out of the car. You're safe, but keep your eyes down and don't look back at the car. Confused, the girl asked if the policeman had seen her date. There's time for that later, came the reply. She opened the police car door but could not resist a quick look back. What she saw made her freeze in terror. Her date, the boy, was hanging upside down from the oak tree, lit by the flashing lights and swaying in the wind. His bloodied head was knocking on the car, and his fingertips scraping the roof. What? Didn't you hear the radio? asked the policeman. A murderer just escaped from the mental hospital in town. (laughs) Chilly. Yeah, that one got a little bit of chills to that, but let me just be honest with you, though. They say that the most scariest story in existence is called Cowhead. And the thing about Cowhead is you really don't get the full original story of that because it's usually if somebody heard about it and then told about it. And then chances are they would go ahead and fill in something differently every time. Which, you know, as most of these stories are, like they change overall. Like it's usually the same premise and the same buildup that goes on. But nine times out of ten, Cowhead is still at the top of the game. But however, I'm not reading Cowhead because I like to live. And truth be told... I still have more of these episodes to make for you all, so we're not reading Cowhead. Not this year, anyway. Now, that's it for this book. Now, if you want to read some more stories like this, I suggest that you check it out and put it in your Amazon cart and go ahead and invest in it. It's called Urban Legends Bizarre Tales You Won't Believe. Made by James Proud. You will love this. I have not put it down yet. But I will right now because i got to go ahead and bring up some of the other things that I found. Now, this one is kind of like... Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Now, these next excerpts I'm going to read to you are actually from Scary Stories to Tell If You Dare, which was inspired by Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. These were written by and collected by Joe Olivito. And, you know, I went on his blog not too long ago. He has a blog on Medium. And he seems to be a pretty cool guy. So if any of you want to get to know some of these authors and stuff, I'll happily go ahead and send them your way. And then you can go ahead and check them out from time to time, you know? But I will tell you this much. Some of these stories here, folklore-based at best, are just, mmm, they good. <laughs> they make you think sometime, right? Now, this one I'm going to go ahead and tell you about. I don't know why people think breaking and entering is a very beautiful thing, but you know what? Well, I guess for some people, if it's taking on the rich, but then again, I've already said too much. But let's go on ahead and read this one. This one is called The Dare. Kevin and Tony were friends. There was an old mansion on their street that no one lived in anymore. Everyone said it was haunted. Some of the older kids even said that they'd seen the ghost of an old woman sitting in a rocking chair by the attic window once. One day, Kevin dared Tony to break into it. Tony didn't want to. His parents had told him not to go near that house, but he knew Kevin would make fun of him if he didn't. Eh, go up to the attic when you get inside, Kevin said. Don't just wait by the front door. Okay, Tony said. I'd take a picture up there to prove it. Tony said he would. It was easy to break into the house. The front door was unlocked. Kevin stood behind and watched Tony go inside. Fifteen minutes passed, then a half hour, then an hour. Kevin walked up to the house and shouted for Tony, but he didn't get an answer. 
He was too afraid to go inside and check for Tony. Instead, he went home and told his parents what happened. They called the police. And officers searched the old house and found Tony in the attic. He was dead. The doctor couldn't figure out how he died. The only clue they had was a picture Tony took in the attic. There was an old woman in the picture sitting in a rocking chair by the window. Oh, man. Y'all still good? <laughs> man, I'm telling you, if there's anything like that sequence from Tales from the Hood, I know something. But hey, here we go. The Black Dog. John Brent lived with his family in a big house near town. One night, he couldn't sleep. So he went over to the window to look out at the yard. And as he looked outside, he spotted something looking at him. He squinted to see what it was. In the yard was a big black dog. John had never seen it before. It didn't move or make a sound. He just sat in the yard looking up at him. John stared at the dog for a few minutes. He was a grown man, but for some reason this dog scared him. Usually he would have gone outside and chased it away, but something was different tonight. After some time, he went back to bed. When he woke up, the dog was gone. John became very sick soon after that. His family spent a lot of money for him to see the best doctors around, but he kept getting worse. During this time, he saw the dog in all sorts of places. Sometimes it was sitting by the side of the road when he drove to see one of his doctors. Other times it would follow John as he walked to town. No one ever saw it until the night John died. His family stood around his hospital bed when they noticed a look of terror on his face, and they turned to see what he was looking at. It was the big black dog. No one could figure out how it got all the way up to the hospital room. They chased after it, but the dog ran away. They looked down at the halls, but no one could find it. Soon they decided to go back to John's room. When they got there, he was dead. A lot of people like the concept of love. A lot of people are in love with the idea of being in love. And then there are people that actually cross the line and really do have it. Love is a very powerful emotion. And then you see there are times where it can be misused and construed in all sorts of other ways. Now as I go ahead and I tell you that PSA, the next story we have is called The New Wife. Be mindful of how you use love. Because here we go. Once there was a man who fell in love with a pretty young girl who moved into town. He wanted to marry her, but he couldn't. He already had a wife of his own. The man couldn't forget about the pretty girl, though. They would go on long walks together when his wife thought he was staying late at work. He decided he would poison his wife. With her dead, he could marry his new love. The man cooked a big dinner one night. He pretended it was a special gift for his wife. She didn't know he had poisoned her drink. Soon after taking a sip, she began to choke. The man watched her, doing nothing to help. As she took her last breath, his wife looked at him with a face of pure anger. Just before she died, she realized what her husband had done. The man hid the body in the woods and told everyone his wife was missing. After a long time, everyone assumed she had died. He was free to marry his new bride. But everywhere the man went, he thought he saw his old wife. Sometimes he would spot her on a crowded street, staring at him with the same face she made when she died. Sometimes he looked in the mirror and see her standing behind him, and when he turned, no one was there. Every night he had nightmares about her. None of that worried him. He told himself he was just imagining things. Nothing was going to stop him from marrying the pretty young girl. The day of his wedding had arrived. His bride had chosen the most beautiful dress he'd ever seen. And when the wedding ceremony was complete, the man lifted his bride's veil to kiss her. The woman he saw, however, wasn't his pretty young wife. 
Instead, he saw the angry, tiresome face of his old wife. And in shock, he grabbed her by the throat and tried to strangle her. And before he could kill her once more, the people in the crowd pulled him away. They helped the bride to her feet. Suddenly, she didn't look like his old wife anymore. She was the pretty young girl again. But everyone seen the man try to kill her. He spent the rest of his life in prison. That's the thing, folks. I mean, if you're already hitched up, why would you want to go through it again? I mean, not without the proper courses, you know what I'm saying? There's always a way to handle this kind of stuff. Problem is, is that whether you go through it or not, and not in the wrong way. All right, so next up we have Vanished. No, no, don't Vanish. I mean, that's the name of the story. Jeez. Ben and his family lived in a big farmhouse out in the country. One cold morning, he woke up early to get some wood for the fire. After a few minutes passed, his mother called him in for breakfast. Ben didn't reply, though. His mother tried again. He still didn't reply. His mother and father were worried. They went outside to look for Ben, but they couldn't find him. They called his name again and again, but he never answered. And after a little while, they called the police to come help. Everyone wondered if Ben was kidnapped. For days, people all over helped look for him. They searched through the woods and all around the farm, hoping to find him, but no one found anything. Pretty soon, everyone but the police and Ben's parents gave up. But one night, about a week later, Ben's mother was trying to sleep when she heard Ben's voice cry out for her. Mom, he seemed to say, where are you? The voice was coming from somewhere outside. She rushed out to where she thought she heard it, but no one was there. Then she heard the voice again. Mom, it said, I can't find you. I'm right here, Ben, his mother said. I'm right here. But she still couldn't find him. She and her husband searched to find where the voice was coming from, but no matter how clear it sounded, they couldn't find Ben. And they looked for hours, but there was no sign of him. That happened every night for almost a month. Ben's mother and father would hear him calling for them. They would search the farm for hours, but they never found anything. And each night, Ben's voice sounded more and more distant. Then one day it stopped. No one knew what happened. And no one ever heard or saw Ben ever again now have you all been wondering about like when it comes to treasures and the idea of actually getting gold and living on the um high life you know never ever having to work a nine to five never ever having to do any of what you know the average do having to live and live well without a worry in the world but also finding You know, treasures that can get you there. The idea and the thrill of adventure. I live for it, believe it or not. And the thing is, this particular story kind of deals with that. It's called The Haunted Treasure. Everyone knew about the treasure. Years ago, a pirate buried it somewhere in the county. But no one knew the exact spot. One night, an old woman had a dream. In it, she saw that the treasure was buried, the roots of a big tree, and a nearby field. At first, she didn't think much of the dream, but that next night, she had the dream again. And the night after that, and each time, there was more and more detail. She told her two grandsons about the dream. They said that they would go find the treasure. Then they'd all be rich. Be careful, the old woman said. You must be completely silent when you dig. The pirate killed one of his crew and buried him with the treasure so his ghost would guard it. If you say a single word, you'll wake him. 
the grandsons promised that they would be completely quiet. When they got to the tree, it was very dark out. They went late at night, so no one would see what they were doing. Everyone in town wanted to find that treasure. They didn't want anyone else to know where it was. For an hour, one grandson dug a big hole between the roots of the tree while the others stood guard. Then they switched. The other grandson dug for about half an hour when his shovel hit something solid. He leaned in to take a closer look. It's the treasure chest, he said to his brother. We're rich! But his brother didn't look happy. His brother looked scared. When he turned back around, he saw why. Standing in front of him was a tall man with anger in his eyes. He wore old pirate clothes and had a scar across his neck, and he ran towards the two brothers, reaching to grab them. They both sprinted away, running through the field as fast as they could. When they got home, they told the old woman what had happened. They described the terrible man who chased them. You forgot my warning, she said. That was the ghost from my dream. The next morning, they headed back to the field. When they got there, the big hole they dug the night before was completely filled in, as if they had never been there. Somehow, word got out about their story, and people in town talked about it for years. A long time later, some other young men heard it one night from an uncle. They drove off to find the treasure. When morning came, people found their car parked in the field near the tree. But no one ever saw those young men again. Alright, so, let us go on ahead and end this on an interesting note. So, this next story is called Milk Bottles. Many years ago, an old man ran a shop in town. One day, a pale young woman walked in. Can I help you? He asked. The woman didn't say anything, but she pointed at a bottle of milk. The old man sold it to her. She walked out without saying a word. The next day, she came to the shop again. When the shopkeeper asked her what she wanted that day, she pointed to a bottle of milk like the day before. Still didn't speak a word. The same thing happened the next day. Later that night, the old man told some of his friends in town about the strange young woman. So when she went to the shop again the next day, some of them followed her to see where she went after she left. They followed her through town, but she walked very fast and they couldn't keep up with her. But the men saw her walk up a hill into the graveyard. She stopped by a grave next to a tree. Then they lost sight of her. The men found the grave and it looked like where she stopped at. It belonged to a woman and her new baby who both gotten sick and died just a few days earlier. They wanted to know more about the woman, so they got a few other people from town and dug up the coffin. When they started to lift it, they thought they heard a crying sound coming from inside. The townspeople opened the coffin, and it was the body of the young woman, her baby in her arms. But the baby was still alive. It looked weak and small, but it was alive. And beside the baby and its mother were four empty milk bottles. Damn, you know, that's just as crazy as this one story I heard where, like, you know, this woman, she was in an accident, but she found, like, this other couple out there, and she was leading them to come help because her husband was dead, but the baby was in the back crying. And you see, the thing is, when they went down there to help and save the baby, of course, the, the woman was gone. But then the guy looked over into the car again and saw next to the husband was the woman that led them to the event. The baby's still living, but... the, the you, Creepy, man. You know, one day... I don't know, because the scenarios of these things tend to become stranger, you know, stranger than fiction, and then you wonder if they actually are fiction, because I think that story actually happened, right? Didn't that story actually happen where, like, a couple was... You know, I like to think that at one time, a lot of this stuff might have been real. 
it, it, it's questionable, but that's what makes it interesting. And you see, the thing about folklore is folklore shapes our culture. It shapes who we are. It lets us know about certain things. Now, I'm not willing to test to see how real this stuff is, but just the chill factor of it all, man. It's just like, oh, indeed. Well, hey, like I said before, I'm not liable for how any of y'all felt about all this. I hope y'all had a good time, you know, but don't go out there and test this stuff and see if it's real. I would not suggest it. As a matter of fact, who knows? You might be the legend next time. And then I'll probably be sitting here doing the Monster Fest. Still me, but a little bit more senile. And I'll happily tell your tale. Now, if you enjoyed all of what happened tonight, I suggest that you go ahead and check out some of the books where these came from. I'm going to go ahead and drop a link for both of them down at the bottom. Like, you know, show your support, show your love, because each and every single one of these is well worth the purchase. Matter of fact, I saw another one dealing with the folklore monsters that we talk about, like Sasquatch and all. So I'm going to look into that, too. But I hope you all enjoyed yourselves. Like, J360 Jams is happening tomorrow. And, yes, it's a monster fest. All of it's monster fest, y'all. Things are going to get exciting. And because somebody told me about a movie not too long ago, we're going to have a bonus J-Man episode happening on Saturday where I try to redeem this film. Oh, things are going to be interesting. By the way, you're wondering what that movie is, right? Ghost Rider 1. I'm not doing Ghost Rider 2. I'm sorry. Ghost Rider... No. Hell with Ghost Rider 2. Why would Ghost Rider 2? Ugh. That, that, that's definitely a... Oh, God. Should I give it a one? No. No. None. None. Will not go near this presentation. But, till then, though, have good dreams. I'll see you all next time. This is J-Man signing off. Peace. Peace.